All right, welcome to the At Bat Baseball Podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez. I'm here with Miles. How are we doing today, man? Doing good. What a, another another great week of baseball, man. I'm loving this. Oh, yeah, it's intense. Uh, we love a lot of baseball, but also a lot of controversy. I guess it's good for us. We get a lot of talk, talking points, but oh, yeah. Yeah, we got we got a lot to cover today. Uh, today we'll start with the Cubs. We'll start on the north side of Chicago, uh, where the seven and nine Cubs. They uh, last week they played the Rays and the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, and it did not go well. Uh, they're seven and nine right now, and they they lost the series to the Rays two to one, and uh, then they lost the series to uh, the Pirates uh, three games out of four. They're struggling, losing five of their last six. Uh, obviously, they had that you know that that twenty one to nothing whooping on Saturday. Um, but you know, even then it was, it was still not enough to win a series. Seiya Suzuki, of course, continues to be Seiya Suzuki. Um, it was cool to see guys like Alfonso Rivas, you know, five RBIs. Uh, um, but you know, it was tough to see the Cubs go down like that in a series. What did you, what are your overall thoughts on that series? Um, and what could the Cubs have done better? It's it's very interesting with this Cubs team because we kind of, kind of, we can't really know what to expect with certain series. So going into this one, I, I was expecting them to take this series, especially at home. Um, but I'll say specifically um, in that last game, uh, I saw a lot of swing and misses and swing and misses at pitches that are right in the zone. Now I know pitches like Bednar, pitchers like Bednar are, are bringing it, bringing it 90, 98 plus, um, but at the same time, you know, I think there's some, I think they were brought back down to earth on, on Sunday for sure. As fun as that was to see, uh, on Saturday and I was going to go to that game, but I don't know why I didn't do it. I was like, Oh, I'll go on Sunday instead. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Miss um, history by a day. Look, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, okay. I'll go on Sunday. That, that, that worked out terrible. Um, <laughs> But you know, I think I think it's just the um, just the approach. This is the approach of some of the guys. Um, you see a lot of success with Suzuki because you know he is a patient. He's a very patient hitter. He's a very mature hitter. He knows what he wants. Every at bat, he has a plan. When I'm watching some of these, some of our guys go to the plate, uh, Patrick Wisdom sometimes, even Wilson Contreras, there's not, this, it feels like there's not much of a plan going up there. More so, just you know, I'm gonna swing. And, you know, we'll see what happens instead of. You know, let me try to work the count a little bit, put the ball in play, hit it hard somewhere. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm I, not going to say I'm disappointed in what I saw this weekend because we really can't expect too much out of them. But, um, you know, not too surprised at the same time. we got to be kind of patient with these boys. Yeah, and it's like it, you're talking about swing and miss approach, like or swing and miss, like what they were doing on Sunday. Uh, it's for the early season or as early as it is, it's out of character for this Cubs team as they are, you know, one of the best offenses in the game, you know, early, but just as, as what they are, um, they, you know, they have been a team that hasn't swung and missed a lot, but yeah, on Sunday we did see a lot of that. And man, that David Bednar guy, I mean, he, he's like, he's the real deal. Cause he, yeah. he was really good last year and he's taken it over to this year mm -hmm. and he's just got great stuff. But apparently he just hates the Cubs, because uh, yeah. <laughs> there was, of course, in 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 the uh, 
uh, high five line was just like mm-hmm. saying F the Cubs, F the Cubs over and over again. Saying F uh, them. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man. Okay. Uh, cool. But it is what it is. Uh, the defense also was a little shaky over the weekend. I know mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan VR had a couple uh, errors. Um, the Cubs have a th- seven errors in total. Four of them are from VR. Um, and when they asked uh, David Ross about it, I mean, he was saying, you know, basically, you know, uh, they only have so many guys uh, to put there. Obviously, Simmons is injured. Um, they have yeah. a couple other injuries. Um, another thing I wanted to say about the uh, the whole approach thing is I do like, I really do like Alfonso Rivas. I feel like he's underappreciated. Like, he, I've, when he goes up there, he's the type of guy that I feel like always has a plan. And ever since I saw it last year, I was very impressed with that guy. So I really hope he stays up here and uh, and just, you know, you know, keeps getting in the lineup because I don't see why why he wouldn't, you know, keep getting in there. Um, as for the division, uh, some stuff going around. The Cardinals continue to win. Yeah. Um, they're looking really good. I mean, mostly carried by Nolan Arenado because the yeah. offense overall isn't hitting that mm-hmm. well, but Arenado is killing it. Um, and the Brewers staff starting to look more like themselves. Um, they, you know, Corbin Burns pitching a little better. And then in general, though, the Pirates, 8-8. Eight and eight, I mean, if you – like, that's crazy to me because of, like, you know, they're supposed to be the worst team in the division. Yeah. Um, but it looks like it, it's going to be the Reds. I mean, so so far – they're it's they're pretty bad and uh, honestly I didn't think they would be this bad, right? I mean going going into the season I, I knew they were going to be one of the bottom two teams of the division, but man I mean it's really tough. Uh, what That's what have hot. you seen? What what is, is there anything that surprised you of the division so far or is it just you know as you expected? You know it's pretty much as I expected. I'm not surprised not surprised by the Cardinals at all. Um, you know, honestly, not too surprised by the Reds either. They did really kind of jump ship this offseason, pretty much shipping all of their guys. Um, and you see, obviously, Red fans are very upset with this right now, um, you know, <laughs> wanting them to sell the team and everything. And I, you know, not too surprised, not too surprised with this. Um, I still I still think it's kind of a neck and neck thing with the Pirates and the Cubs. Uh, these are two teams that are very, very similar. Um, I still think the Cubs are the better team just in terms of putting something together on the field and staying consistent. You know, that's where they struggle. Uh, you know, the Pirates are the Pirates. I really like Key Brian Hayes. Um, he's not surprising me at all. I've been loving what I've been seeing out of him. One of the things that I'm noticing about him as a player is that he's just very, very calm. He's calm at the plate. He's calm defensively. He doesn't really show a lot of emotion. Um, in, in times where maybe a lot of players are going to get a little bit rattled in that moment. Um, yeah, not too surprised. Not too surprised. I, I think I, I think it's, you know, I think it's not too much of a secret that the NL Central isn't the most competitive division right now. Um, but, you know, we'll, I think that all changes in a few years as, the young, as these young guys come up and the Cubs will get back to where they used to be. Uh, I don't think the Reds are going to stay bad forever. Uh, the Cardinals are never going to go anywhere, ever. It's just not in their DNA as an organization. So, you know, not too surprised by certain things I'm seeing. But, you know, this is a very young division that's going to be very entertaining in like two, three years. No, definitely. I def- Yeah, I agree. And, and the thing also, uh, a couple other notes on the series against the Pirates. Um, the Pirates actually had the worst run differential in a four-game series in MLB history, 
and still yeah. won the series three games. So yeah. I think that's insane. Um, and yeah, and another thing too, I, I want to go back to the swing rate thing too. Is I also saw another stat too. It said that the Cubs had a ten point two swing rate, which is in the upper third of the majors. So yeah, yeah. like so, so yeah, so Sunday in general out of character, but um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think a guy like yeah. you know, like with Suzuki and like I said, Rivas and, and stuff like that. Those guys I think <laughs> help out the lineup overall. Um, Nico yeah. Horner as well. It's just it's it's good to see. Um, but yeah, for the division, uh, yeah, it, it's it, I, I still. I still see the Brewers winning the division uh, when it comes down to it. Um, they, I mean, it's, it's, and we talked about it too. It's like for them, it's not even their hitting. It's just their pitching. As long as their pitching's there, they got to score a few runs and guys, guys like Rowdy Tellez and, and, and Willie Adamas. I mean, they're just getting it done. And that's, that's what I expected. You know, and the thing is a lot of people also see them, you know, getting a bat, you know, in July and, and that is going to help out a lot. And there's plenty of guys available out there. I mean, if the if the twins, I mean the twins are you know doing well right now, but if the twins are out of it by then, I could totally see the Brewers going out there and getting Correa. I mean it's just they, and that would change the whole that would change the whole National League. So yeah, I think the division still has a lot a lot of ways to go um, this season to see you know who's gonna you know be where and what position. But yeah, I mean it's it's definitely uh, entertaining in general, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, the Cubs have the uh, Braves this week and they have those Brewers. Uh, what do you expect out of these series? And you know, what, what, what is probably the most exciting point out of those series? Yeah, I, I think it might be a long road trip, which is okay. Um, these are, these are two very talented competitive teams that the Cubs are about to go against. Um, you know, talking about Matt Olson. Um, I think it's cool that we have Sean Newcomb now, uh, you know, it's the, the Braves, the Braves as a culture, as a team, they're very, they're very high on their beliefs and their tradition and how they go about their business every single game. This is a team that is still very competitive. And I said it in the beginning. Um, so, you know, I, we might, we might have to just expect a long series coming from them. Uh, you know, I'm a big Ozzy Albies fan. Um, you know, Marcelo Zuna is still somewhat of a decent hitter. Um Defensively, I've never been a big fan of him in the outfield. Uh, you know, just it'll be it'll be interesting. And I think when we go to Milwaukee, those games might be com- competitive. Uh, but the Brewers are the truth. They're they're the better team. They're the better team by by a good amount. Um, I think the Cubs might have a little bit of a tough time on this road trip, but just you know, anything can happen. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, uh, the thing is, the Braves haven't been doing so well either. Back-to-back series loss, but yeah. I, I was th- I was thinking like they're probably gonna find their feet sometime, and yeah. it probably could be it could be against us. So, <laughs> so I'm like, how it goes, man. It's yeah, yeah. Goes. <laughs> I'm like perfect. They're, they're probably like perfect timing. We're facing the Cubs. You know, we got a struggling Strowman in Game One. Like, yeah, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be yeah. interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. But hey, hopefully we're wrong. Um, all right, we'll move over to the south side of Chicago where the, the another struggling team is the White oh my Sox. Gosh. Ooh, six and nine. Uh, lost a series to the Cleveland Guardians, uh, three to nothing. One game was postponed. They lost, uh, they got swept in a doubleheader as well. They also uh, got swept by the Twins. So, yeah, a couple of notes on this, uh, on the White Sox overall. AJ Pollock came off the injured list, so that's a plus, but. Luis Robert goes down and Eloy Jimenez goes down. Uh, obviously, uh, with Robert, it's not that serious. It's a groin injury. He's not on the injured list. Uh, but Eloy Jimenez, he's out for six to eight weeks. I mean, that's a huge blow for them. Yeah. And 
Yeah, so the 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 White Sox, I mean, where they're at right now, they don't need any more injuries, and it looks like they just keep piling on. And it doesn't help also, you know, you're throwing guys out there um, for, for a rotation that is well-respected, you know, Lance Lynn, uh, Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, like obviously Giolito's back and he did well. But you're throwing out there Dallas Keuchel. It's it's you know it's tough. I mean when you're you know when he's giving up you know nine runs in an inning um, to those Guardians. And I remember you texting me because that was that was a ridiculous like what was going on. Oh my uh, I, gosh. I wasn't yeah I wasn't like looking at the score keeping up with that game at the time. And I'm just like what in the world? I was like is this a typo? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was crazy. Um, as I'm watching, yeah. he's just he's just leaving pitches over the plate over and over and over again. Guys are just tattooing him. It was, none of nothing of what he was throwing that game was competitive. Nothing at all. I think I think even like a like a college or high school team would have been hitting him hard. There, there was nothing competitive about the pitches that he was throwing. And there were a few errors, you know, you know, accredited to, to Tim Anderson and you know, you know, it's it's, it's very, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think all the blame should be put on just one player when I looked at that start, but that was, that was bad. I thought that was really bad and kind of how he was, uh, he kind of didn't take, I don't know, accountability for it as well and kind of pointed the finger a little bit at, at his teammates, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know. That was just, that is, that doesn't help. That doesn't help your team at all, especially a struggling team. Everyone has to come together in some sort of way. Now more than ever, you're trying to set the tone for the rest of the season. So it's crazy. No, yeah. And this thing, too, is like the White Sox, those errors have been piling up. I mean, they have 18 yeah. on the season. They lead the majors. Mm-hmm. And they had four in that series against the Twins. And and Tim Anderson is a guy who prides himself on, on the improvement of his defense over his career. I mean, that guy – at the beginning of his career with, with, you know, with the White Sox, he had t- a tough time at, at short and he would, you know, had, you know, kind of was playing it like he is now, yeah. but I think he'll regroup it and, and get that, get it done. But yeah, it's, it's, it seems it's kind of been contagious for the White Sox when it comes to these errors, when it comes to the, the lack of hitting and, and, and with guys like Jose Abreu and stuff like that. Um, I saw something too. It's just, you know, the guys that are making a lot of money on the White Sox are just not, you know, getting it done at the moment. Um, and then it also doesn't help, you know, get when you don't, when you're losing the controversy doesn't help either. And you had, you know, Tim Anderson, speaking of Tim Anderson, again, he had, uh, he was suspended for a game for flicking off the fans. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, you also have uh, Lucas G little, Lucas G little came back and he had, you know, he was great in his return striking out nine, but it was overshadowed by the fact that Byron Buxton just had another amazing game because when that guy plays, he, yeah, when that guy, man, when I'm telling you, when that, and I've heard it from multiple people, like talking about baseball, like, man, when this guy's on, he's an MVP. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if this guy plays, yeah. if this guy plays like 130, 135 games, I had a buddy mm-hmm. tell me, he's like, he's going to be an MVP. I'm like, yes. I mean, there's, you, right? You look at this guy play, and it's like, there's no way, like, there's 100, that's 100% true. Because the dude is so nasty on both sides yeah. of the ball, like, mm-hmm. defensively, offensively. And that, and, um, in the 10th inning against the White Sox, he hit that ball to Cambodia, bro. You saw, you saw, you saw the home run. You yeah, saw the home run yeah. off Liam Hendricks. Sent, oh yeah. my goodness! It was like four sixty seven or four seventy or yeah, something yeah, like that. Like, yeah, like four six. Yeah, it was like around four sixty four seventy. It was like, bro, oh my goodness! Like you knew as soon as he hit it, he was just like turning around already. But yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that guy is – and that's the thing with Byron Buxton, guys like Byron Buxton, Jacob DeGrom, it's like, man, I don't even care if they do work on my team, man. Like, if, they, if they're if they healthy, like, they're yeah. as they're entertaining, and I want to see that yeah. happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see those guys yeah. go off. Um, another thing, too, is do, I, I don't know if you've seen, but how mad White Sox fans are at Tony La Russa in general. I mean, this is not the first time, obviously. It's not the first time, especially after a series in Minnesota, as we saw what happened last year with Mercedes. Uh, yeah. But – what are your concerns with Tony La Russa from your personal view? Like a lot of people were talking about, Oh, like they just, you know, they don't like his lineup construction. They don't like his pitching decisions. For example, on that three, uh, one pitch to Byron bucks. And a lot of people thought, Hey, you could have walked him. You had a one out two guys on um, yep. in the 10th to fill up the bases. Uh, Luisa rise was on deck. Oh uh, yeah. What are your overall concerns? What do you think about Tony La Russa and his position right now? Uh, it's not good. It's not good at all. Um, you could look. You you could look back on last year. You know, losing that series with that talented team. Now you're not off to a good start. Uh, not making good decisions. Really not making. I, I guess as a fan, for us, we decisions that we don't agree with. Just as just as baseball fans, I you know I think that we're not the only ones who share that sentiment. There there are probably players and certain people in the upper management who are thinking to themselves or discussing little things here and there. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really like LaRusso as the manager from the start, but he, he, he started to warm up to me a lot as that season progressed last year. Um, still, still some little things here and there that I'm, that I'm just like, you know, that why uh, stuff like that. But I just, it, I don't I don't know how well this is going to age as this game is getting younger as the strategies are changing and this game is constantly evolving. I don't know if his style right now fits this this time of baseball. That's my biggest thing. Maybe maybe you know the Sox can turn around. I know they're in a tough spot right now with the injuries and just struggling and this overall moral of the team is pretty low. Um I just I don't know how much of a difference maker Larusa can be for that, um, so I I don't know I don't know I'm not I've never been a, like a huge fan of it I, I warmed up to him last year like I said but we'll see what happens man we'll see what happens it's gonna be interesting so I don't know I'm not too optimistic. No yeah I mean with with Tony Larusa I, I also I agree I mean I wasn't. I didn't think he was the right fit for the White Sox for a team that is very against the grain. You know, they, yeah. they you know, with bat flips and, you know, they talk a lot of smack. And that's a good thing for this yeah. sport. I mean, you, you want to yeah. see that. It's the type of stuff you want to see. And yeah. Tony La Russa, you know, it, it looked like last year he was suppressing it a little bit. It looked like, I mean, with the Yerman, Yerman Mercedes thing, you know, you know, they were up by a lot. And, they you know, he had a home run and, you know, hacking it. I think it was a, a position player hitting. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's – I think – at the end of the day, the White Sox are still going to be, you know, one of the best teams in the AL Central. Yeah, but the thing sure. is, but the thing, but yeah, but the thing is, like at the end of the day, it's still going to affect them. You know, I think we saw it last year in the postseason. You know, um, so I, I don't know if Tony La Russa is the right, excuse me, the right man for the job right now. But we'll see. I mean, I, I think uh, the proof is going to be in the pudding at the end of the day with this guy. Um, yeah. But and the thing is too, another another point that I you know keep hearing about is uh, there's been rumors that. Jerry Reinsdorf has said that one of his biggest regrets was not keeping Tony La Russa back in the, back in the day before he left for yeah. uh, other teams. And 
this I mean, if I was a White Sox fan, that also would not you know make me angry because it's 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 almost like you did him a favor just to you know there was no it sounds like there was no if that's true it sounds like there was no baseball reasoning it was just like I'm gonna resign yeah. my friend you know and yeah. uh, so that, that's that's a little tough but um, with Jerry Reinsdorf a guy who's been you know again rumored to saying that uh, you have to you know strive for second place keep that keep them keep the fan base wanting more and not not to win um i I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if that's you know the, the the case in that um around the division uh the twins to me right now are the fighting buxtons uh they're pitching their pitching is a little better than we you know we expect as of right now yeah but yeah i mean byron buxton i think is carrying the load at the moment uh the guardians hanging in there i mean they we talked we talked about it in our season preview i mean they have they have the pitching to survive um, it's really just on their hitting if they're, you know, yeah. but they've been doing well. I mean, the guys like Owen Miller, uh, yeah. so, you know, um, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been cool to watch in general. Uh, but yeah, everyone in the, in, everyone in that division is underachieving and, uh, it might be closer than we thought, but, uh, what I do find interesting too, is teams like the Royals teams, like the Tigers, you know, it, lo- it looks like they're not, not backing down at all from the White Sox. And I think that's, um, something to take note of right now. Like I said, ultimately, I think it'll all, you know, come down to the White Sox winning the division and teams fighting for second place, being scrappy for second place. Probably the, it could be easily the Twins, but yeah, um, yeah no, it, it, this this division is we when we talked about it before too is how interesting mm-hmm. it is with all the young guys in it. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you have seen so far from the young guys? Uh, there, uh, like, like I said, a lot of the young guys or a lot of the young guys are not playing well, like Torkelson, Bobby Wood Jr. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that at the moment, but what what stuff for you stands out as of right now in the American League Central? Uh, just the energy. This is a division that plays a lot of energy, no matter uh, because it's because it's so young. Um, you know, e- even even with, with players like Torgelson that are that are struggling, um, still playing with a lot of energy. A lot of these a lot of these teams have some very very strong fan bases right now that know that they have a young team on the field that's going to eventually put it together, whether it's this year or whether it's in a year and a half. That's what I'm noticing from a lot of these teams and kind of, kind of similar, kind of similar to what I was talking about with the, with the, with the NL central it, right now, it, it's still not the most competitive division for now, just because, just because it's so young, but I just, I love the amount of young talent, you know, in this division. Um, it's, it's just, it's just, it's, even though they're struggling at the moment, um, you know, players grow, you adjust, you start to figure out what things work, for, what, what things work for you, what things do not work for you. Um, so I'm, I'm looking, honestly, this doesn't, this should not be too discouraging to fans. Um, you know, it's almost, it almost should be as expected. Not every young player is going to come up and, you know, have, have a, have a crazy, have a crazy first year, have a crazy first few months. Sometimes it takes time. You got to give, you got to give these players time. Some of these guys are, 21 22 years old 23 let them grow let them adjust as players so i like i really like where the al central is heading it's okay it's okay for things to look the the way they do right now just give them time give them time to grow so i have confidence i have confidence that everything's gonna you know look good look good down the line yeah and and one more thing before we move on from the white Sox, uh or a couple of things 
with uh, Liam Hendricks, I mean, it still yeah. seems like he's, you know, struggling. And, and like we said, I think we said in the last, or I said in the last one is he's struggling, but you know what? He's getting the, the results. He's getting the saves. Uh, yeah. But like, what do you see in his stuff that has like, you know, that has hindered him this season so far? It, it, so whenever I'm watching Hendricks close out a game, I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of hitters pitches. Um his fastball is just as explosive as it, as it always has been, at least from, from my opinion, my vantage point. Um, it's just a matter of what he's doing in the count. Sometimes I'm noticing that he's falling behind in the count, which makes us as a hitter way more comfortable. Um, sometimes he's missing with a breaking pitch. Um, so for me as a hitter, if I'm seeing that, uh, A, I know that you're not very confident at the moment. Uh, B, that makes me more confident. I'm less worried about striking out or whatever the result is because I know I'm kind of going to expect a fastball, you know, somewhere in the zone because you don't want to fall behind any more than you already have. Um, and I can sense that confidence as a hitter as I'm facing you. So what I'm noticing with him a lot, just falling behind in the count and then giving them a pitcher's pitch to try to make up for falling behind in the count. That's all it is. If he could just, if he could go back to what he was doing last year, <clears throat> But just dominating a little bit, a little more aggressively. Don't be afraid, um, you know, to start off with a fastball, you know, not down the middle, but maybe work them outside, work them up and into their hands. He's a dog. He's a bull. He's not scared of anybody. I kind of just want to see him just be a little more aggressive, uh, you know, to getting into more of a pitcher's count instead of falling behind and becoming a little more passive. That's what that's that's what hurts not only him but a lot of pitchers and closers in general. Yeah, and you know what's interesting with him, uh, looking at his baseball savant page, uh, even last year when he was, you know, had a great year, uh, players are just ba- barreling up his pitches anyways. Yeah. I think that I think with him, with players like him, and it's just like outsider's perspective, it seems like yeah. with the, you know, it seems like you could just wait for the fastball with him and say, you know, he's got a nasty breaking ball, but mm-hmm. it almost is like sometimes you can expect. That's my guess is like maybe you can just expect when the fastballs come in, you just and you just whack it. Um, yeah. They do. They also just hit the ball. They've always hit the ball hard off of him, at least in the past couple of years, I should say. Yeah. Um, and they continue to do so this year. Uh, but uh, hopefully Liam finds his, you know, uh, feet a little better and, and he's able to, you know, close out with you know his usual dominance um but yeah the white the white Sox are struggling right now but they're facing they have a couple matchups that i think are in their favor if they can play white Sox baseball they have the royals for three then they have the Mm -hmm. angels for four now the royals obviously you know like we said before bobby wood jr their stud he's struggling right now um at the beginning of his career it's been a couple weeks uh but the royals just interesting team in general young pitching a uh, couple guys in their lineup that, you know, they expect to be there for a long time. Uh, then you got the Angels, of course, when you have two two of the best, if not the two best players in baseball, in Otani and Trout. They're continuing to do their thing. Uh, what are a few things from these two series that you expect to see? And uh, do you think the White Sox will come out on top for both of these? Uh, it, it depends on if the Sox can hit their stride. That's the main thing right now. Can the Sox hit their stride? Right now, it's not looking very good for them. And for me, it's not a sense of talent. It's just a sense of morale. Where's this team at morally? Because they're still a very talented team. I don't see why they shouldn't beat these teams that they're about to play. Um, But where they are, where's the morale at? How are they feeling going into these series? Are they able to kind of let go of the two series, the last series that has happened? Um, 
you know, whenever I think about the White Sox, it's just stay confident. Stay confident as you guys always have been. This is a team that reminds me a lot of, like, kind of like a very, like, gritty junior college baseball team that just has all the swag in the world. Um, and that's one thing I love about watching the White Sox is that they are just they, – they have their own personality. They go about their business. They're unapologetic for it. They should, they, they should never apologize for anything. Um, so I think it's just a matter of just, you know, going into this series, just being confident, knowing what you can do uh, on the mound, knowing what you, you can do at the plate. I know right now there's, they're really struggling offensively. Um, but I don't I, – I just think it's a matter of how, how good are they feeling about themselves going into this series, um, you know, and kind of just being able to turn the page. No, yeah, definitely. And, and it's almost like the Braves thing that I was saying. It's like with the yeah. White Sox is, yeah, maybe this, you know, they see this opportunity to see this in the schedule as an opportunity to bounce back to yeah. kind of, you know, get their feet on the ground and get going. Yeah. And with the Sometimes White Sox, only, yeah, and with the White Sox, I feel like it's only like a matter of time. So, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on to around the league. Uh, we talked about this before the show. We got a lot to talk about and you have a lot to say. And so mm-hmm. we'll start off with our top story from around the league is uh sunday night baseball now obviously we always wish that we're talking about baseball like actual the game inside the game uh on sunday because sunday, obviously it being the one night where you know baseball has their showcase game uh mm-hmm. when no other games are on and uh, unfortunately it was once again angel hernandez's night he was the star of the show uh and it was it was a it was a good game, you know. You know, it, uh, the Brewers and the Phillies were playing, and uh, Eric Lauer had I think like thirteen strikeouts. Yeah. But uh, when when you really look at it, it, a lot of them were just on really bad strikes. Like he he had a he pitched a great game, but a lot, a lot of those uh, you know strikeouts were on uh, balls that were called strikes. Um. Yeah, I mean at this point. Uh, we've talked so much about Angel Hernandez, but what what I want to know in your before you know you get your general thoughts out on Angel Hernandez is does your approach as a hitter does your approach change when the umpire is off his game? Like if you're if if you're knowing if you're going up there and you're like, man, this umpire sucks, like he, he's bad. Are you going up there and be like, man, I gotta get you know I gotta swing at the first or second pitch, or be patient? Like what 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 goes on in your brain? But first, overall thoughts on Angel Hernandez. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I'll, yeah. So I'll start with with Angel. Um, why are you still here? Um, how, how much? What else do we need to see? Like, what else do we need to see? This is this is going on for for years, years now. Um, a, terrible, man. Awful. Uh, it's. And, and, and some of these calls are just are just just not close at all. There's a there's a difference between a close one where it's like, okay, maybe that was a little bit close to the strike zone. Okay, kind of nick the edge a little bit. No, no, Angel's like, okay, that oh that almost hit you, strike two. And it's like, what? I'm sorry. Of course players are getting mad. Of course. And I'm so happy Schwarber said something. Because he wasn't just sticking up for himself and his team. He was sticking up for the Brewers' side as well. He was saying both sides has been terrible. And with, with Hernandez, it's not, it hasn't gotten any better. It hasn't. Um, in the real world, if you're, not, if you're not performing well at your job, 
you know, you get let go or they find someone else. Um, you know, I think I think some of these umpires are in the contract when it comes to some of this. And, you know, that I think that has a large part to do with it. But <laughs> after a while, I mean, if, if players are getting released, you know, I don't I don't understand why umpires aren't getting held more accountable. Some umpires should not uh, should not have been in the game as long as they have been. Um, there, there are plenty of plenty of umpires in the minors they can call up or whoever. Um, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating as a as a as a fan and as a player to watch it because you never want to see that. You never keep it fair. Keep it fair. Keep it at least reasonable. With him, it's never been reasonable. Um, it's, you know, it's always been pretty atrocious. He's had a few good calls actually this year. Um, and and you know, for, if you're if you've been around that long, there's many there's many great calls that you've made. Um, but yeah, this is this is different. This man has been blowing calls for for years, and it hasn't gotten any better. It's only going to get worse. Um, so as a hitter, if I'm up there, you know, anything anything close, we know that anything for the umpire that seems mildly close, we have to protect it as a hitter. So we can't, we, we probably can't take a pitch that looks that that's outside that might seem borderline. It's probably going to get called a strike. So the best thing that we could do is try to put that ball in play, hit it hard somewhere. That's what I'm always telling my players that I'm coaching, you know, if it's borderline, we got to protect. That's just, that's just the thing with, a, with an umpire like that, you got to be way more uh, protective. You cannot be selective. You just can't. Anything close, you got to put it in play because you know if you if you take one or two of those, it's 0-2 or strike three. So you just gotta you know gotta protect the, the the most important thing at that point. Like I said earlier, put the ball in play. Do not let the umpire determine, uh, you know how you get out in that situation. You could you, you know hit it somewhere, hit it somewhere. It may suck, maybe a terrible pitch, you know, maybe a pitch that you don't like swinging at if it's inside and feels close to your knees and you feel jammed. No, we gotta we gotta adjust as hitters. We just have to. Yeah, and it's 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 just yeah, and and the thing with uh, Hernandez too is I've heard uh, with the pitch or the uh, excuse me the umpires they're protected by the union, so I think that's that's what yeah. that's what overall is helping him uh, yeah. remain in the league. So uh, I've yeah, it just feels like we can't really do much there, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is for yeah, I would imagine just for a hitter, it's it's annoying because I mean it's like you already go up there, you know. You're already thinking about the pitcher and what he's gonna do. Uh, you're thinking about your the day that you're having already, or just the stretch that you're in. A lot of things going on. Your fielding, like you got a lot of this stuff already going, you know, around in your head. The last thing you need is the umpire in your head too. So you know, it's it's tough, but you know, on the bright side, uh, you know, you have guys that stand up for their teams like Schwarber, and that was you know great to see. Yeah, uh, yeah and I'm. More lighter news, uh, better news. Uh, Miguel Cabrera with his 3,000th career hit uh, over the weekend. Uh, but I will say this, though. It was interesting because he got it against the Rockies, but he could have got it against the Yankees. Uh, but he was uh, walked in, I believe it was extra innings, uh, to load the bases. Uh, and a lot of people were outraged. A lot of the Tigers yeah. fans, of, uh, Tigers fans, of course, mostly were like, you know, saying, oh, that was bogus. Like he was, you know they were they weren't given the opportunity to you know see him you know hit 3000 in in your in your view like what do you think the yankee like if you were the yankees manager would you have done the same thing or like it, at the end of the day i think th- for me i think it's always you're trying to win the game right 
Yeah, you're always trying to win the game. Um, I think I think I do believe for for Boone in that situation that did make sense. Now I I actually think that didn't work out for them if I'm not mistaken. Didn't they end up driving in two of those runs, two or three of those runs? Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. For yeah, though I believe that was the game the uh, the Yankees still lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it is inconvenient, and I can understand why some fans would feel that he was doing that to uh, avoid that opportunity for people to see it or for him to get that moment um, on that day. But, you know, it's just you're trying to win the game. Um, I think it was just strategy. I don't think there was anything. It's, 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 I can understand why it would be annoying for Tigers fans and for baseball fans in general, but it was just – that's just strategy. That's mm-hmm. all that was. And then another thing too that happened uh, was uh, the Luke Voigt and Tommy Pham situation. Yeah. Uh, Luke Luke Voigt from the Padres took out Tyler Stevenson. It was a pretty tough uh, tough thing to watch. Uh, Tyler Stevenson yeah. got hit like I think with his with Luke Voigt's shoulder, hit him in the head. He was down yeah. for a minute. Uh, but was it, what was uh, fascinating after that was the fact that Tommy Pham had some comments saying that uh, he wanted to fight Luke Voigt. Uh, that his he that he even has a buddy that has a gym in, in San Diego if he wants to meet up or something like that. And I'm just like, <laughs> I guess that's one way to stand up for your teammates, right? Yeah, that's one um, way to, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, also, uh, as if the Dodgers needed any more offense, uh, Cody Bellinger's back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he is absolutely murdering the ball right now. Uh, so uh, that's crazy. Also, uh, a guy... Um, I want to talk about too is Nestor Cortez. I feel like when we talked about the Yankees in our season preview, and I, I remember saying, you know, about their pitching, you know, their pitching is underrated, underappreciated. Talk about a guy that's underappreciated, Nestor Cortez. I mean, that guy is yeah. nasty on the mound, and he's also very, very athletic, very underrated as an athlete, and he's yeah. making plays and just pitching. He's right now, right now, as you look at the numbers, he looks like the ace of the of the Yankees. This is a team that has Garrett Cole on there, Luis Severino. Um, what what if when you watch a guy like Cortez, you know he's got he's a little quirky with his release, and and, and he, you know he's he's not what you expect. Uh, but what have you seen so far from a guy like Cortez and the Yankees? Pitching with a lot of a lot of confidence. Um, that quirkiness works to his advantage so much. Um, it, it's funny because he even has uh, he even has like the batters laughing sometimes. Um, which is which in the moment it's it's hilarious. Um, but to even but to get to get the hitter to kind of uh, laugh a little bit to kind of take them out of a little bit of a serious moment or a moment of them being focused that kind of works his advantage a little bit. Now he's losing them up. Uh, maybe this hitter isn't as locked in as he was when he first stepped in the batter's box. Uh, Cortez uses that to his advantage. Um, and you know, I, he's kind of, it's kind of sneaky with his fastball. I'm seeing him touch 94, 95 sometimes, um, with a windup where it doesn't look like he's throwing hard, but it's, you know, it sneaks out of his hand and, you know, his breaking pitches are incredible. You know, he's locating it everywhere. And it's just, it's just, it's just fun to watch. It's just fun to watch. He's out there. He's confident. He knows that, you know, he can, he can kind of switch it up a little bit, you know, fidget with his windup, do that little leg swing, that little leg kick he likes to do works great works great to him so i'm loving that yeah and and also i mean he's a guy that always has a great k percentages at least going back to last year uh and this year he's got 99 percent as of right now so he's you know making guys swing and miss 
and yep. uh, setting guys down. Uh, also, another thing on the other side of town, we have the Mets who are uh, you know playing great baseball, thirteen and five. <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, I did not expect that whatsoever with you know with what was we you know what was going on with injuries with the ground, of course, yeah. like always out. Who is expected to be back soon? But uh, Francisco Lindor looking like himself. Uh, Mad Max is Mad Max. I mean, he was nasty. You know, they came back on the Cardinals last night and he, you know, on Monday night, and he struck out I think like nine or ten batters. Um, is this the Mets team that you expect to see for the rest of the season, or are they hot, or is it one of those things where this is only the beginning, and the, you know, once the Grom comes, they're gonna go off? Uh, this is the Mets team I'm hoping to see for the rest of the season for sure. Um, with the Grom coming back, I hope that just e- hope that adds even more to how great this team is playing. So I, I've always said this though, I don't want to jinx the Mets or or anything. Um, this isn't this is this isn't that. Um, historically they have blown it a lot, even when they're off to a great start. Um, even if they're in first place going into the All Star break, I just want to make sure. I just want to see them finish. Just finish. That's the biggest thing with the Mets finish um keep the drama limit the drama whatever whatever stuff there is you know they gotta just keep it baseball keep keep doing what you're doing now everything is gonna be everything's gonna be great i i don't see any reason why this team is not gonna stay in first place for the rest of the season um you know maybe the braves give them a little bit more of a hard time when acuna comes back um but this this team is so talented. I'm looking at that this roster and you know just loving it, loving every single player that I'm seeing. They all fit so well. They all play their role so well. And you know, just, just finish, just finish. Keep keep everything else outside of it as a, at, a, at a minimum. Just play baseball. Yeah, and and I think watching the Mets play, one of the guys that you know really stands out to me is is a guy that. Um, Maybe not necessarily change the culture, but change their lineup or to help them in 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 little ways is like guy like Mark Hanna. I, I feel like he's one of those players that everyone wants at their wants on their team. Uh, he could play multiple positions, and he just goes up there and always has a competitive at bat. And this is a guy that yeah. you want you want to see on, on your team. And and I feel like it's been um, up and down the lineup. I mean, you guys got like, you, obviously you guys you have guys like Nimmo and guys like McNeil in that lineup. Yeah, if everyone hits in that lineup, that lineup is is pretty good. Uh, yeah, so it, you know, Marte is you know hasn't hit just quite quite yet. Um, but yeah, if, when they get going, you know, and and they have guys like Edwin Diaz in the you know in the bullpen and you know to continue to close out games, they're gonna be there. You know, when it comes down to it in the end. So um, yeah, I, I do expect the Braves to be better. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I do, you know still see them, you know, finishing atop the, you know, the, the division. Uh, yeah. But there's a lot of time to left, you know, a lot, a lot of thing to go. And the thing is too, with the, the, the Mets too, that I wanted to say is they're third in the national league in run differential. Um, and, you know, take that with a grain of salt, obviously, because the Cubs are like fourth or fifth, I think with yeah. 19, but it, it is interesting uh, for, for a team like that to get off to a hot start. And for me, I know for me, if you're a Mets fan, I'm sure you're thinking, when is it going to, you know, go downhill? Um, but on the bright side, you got Jacob DeGrom coming back soon. So that'll be, you know, good to see good for baseball and good, you know, better for the Mets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, so that just about wraps it up for this week, uh, for at bat baseball podcast. I am Saul Rodriguez with miles Porter. Uh, we'll see you next week and enjoy another week of baseball guys. <laughs>